Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey, Heal Squad, we are so excited to bring you this episode today. It's filled with amazing takeaways. We are discussing relationships, challenging societal norms, and so much more. If you like it, share it with a friend, hit subscribe, leave us a review and a comment. Looking forward to hearing what you think. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day, or at least we try. Our quote of the day, release your attachments to how things ought to be and instead surrender to how they actually are. That is from Dr. Shafali who wrote this amazing book, A Radical Awakening. Hail Squad, I'm really curious to see what you guys thought. So please let us know in the comments um, what you guys thought of this this series as well. And what you're thinking about the series, like the themed weeks where we're keeping it on kind of the same topic in a sense. Um, I hope it's making you feel less like juggled up, like one day we're here, the other day we're, you know, in the whole other extreme of the other side of the world. Like, it's like North Pole, South Pole. Oh my God, now we're going the West, you know, the West, the East. Does that make sense? You know what to I'm saying. To the Indies, yeah. To the Indies. So uh, let us know what you guys are thinking because we love the feedback. Um, but Dr. Shafali is really, really eye-opening. What she is talking about in this book, I feel like this is a book that everyone needs to read. I know Kevin and my best friend are already. Alyssa's text, I, was, I sent her just the Mind Valley speech that Dr. Shafali did, which we should link to so everybody can see it. And she wrote back, finally, for once, someone is telling me I don't have to get married to be happy. Yes. I wanted to get to that um, with her because she doesn't believe in marriage after after her first marriage. It's really mm. interesting. She's talked about it before, but... She's an interesting bird. I love her. Listen, let's talk about that for a second. Let's do it. As the only one in a marriage. That's true. As somebody who (laughs) didn't want to be owned and was rebellious against all of this too, if you really think about it. Now, my younger self 
wasn't necessarily like that because I was still under the whole, okay, I'm going to get married by 25, then I'm going to have babies. And like, we all just plot our lives out, right? When we're younger, because that's all we really can do. I think I was the only person who didn't do that, but yeah. Okay. Well, for a small period of time, that's what it felt like for me. Yeah. Then, um, then I met Kevin. I was disowned for falling in love with somebody who wasn't Greek. So crazy. And, um... And when we wanted to, like, just go to Vegas and get married, like, we knew we couldn't, right? It was just, it would have been just too painful in so many ways. So then we had to suppress any of that, all of those feelings. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know about this wedding stuff. Like, you know, you go through all the rationalizing or whatever. I'm like, I don't want someone to own me. Like, I own myself and this whole thing. And so... Then, of course, we ended up doing it, but it was just by happenstance. Like the New Year's Eve thing was just a moment between me and my late producer, who I still can't believe is no longer with us, Maura Mant. She was like, you know, we're doing a segment. Uh, we're going to have somebody, you know, a couple get married, well, unless you want to. And I was like, ew, no. And then the more I thought about it, I go, wait, hold up. We could get married and not have to invite anybody? And I don't have to deal with the bullshit that's attached to weddings because, oh, wow, I actually have been Dr. Shafali-ing. I've been Dr. Shafali-ing before I got Dr. Shafali'd. Let's think about this for a second. Because I was like, I used to go, I went on Martha Stewart hating on weddings. I'm like, it's never about the couple. People torture the bride. The bride gets sick putting on weddings. This is terrible. My cousin, who's like the sweetest person in the world, before her wedding, she took the door off her car, like the car hinge, like the door came off the car. Like that's how stressed she was. And she's like very sweet, very kind of like okay. chill. Like she took it off with her own bare hands. Yeah, it was like crazy. That's the amount of stress, right? <laughs> and so I was just like, this is for the birds. You people are nuts. And you spend all the money in the world and you're in debt forever. So you start underwater. None of it made sense to me ever. And so when when I started to put the pieces together, I go, wait, I can I can do this and not have to deal with all that stuff. It actually could just be about me and Kevin. All right, yeah, I'm in. And of course, I was under the whole like, you know, my mom was just been diagnosed and all of that. So, um, and as I did mention on the show, I also because I was so anti wedding and all of that, I believe somehow manifested the ultimate wedding that I really didn't have to do a lot of work for. It was a month before. I was like, yeah, next month, let's get married in Greece. Who does that? It's like a, a destination wedding. And then, oh, yeah, just put some lemons on the table. We're just, you know, invite the entire village. Let's just be chill. Like, no big deal. And then somehow with, you know, by the grace of the beautiful friends I have that came together, um, you know, it it was even more than I could have ever actually dreamed or planned for. And so that's why I felt like she manifested that SAT thing with her daughter for sure. Oh, I was screaming in the booth. Like, y we talked about this the other week, uh, that I hate the SATs. I hate standardized testing. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. get it. I yeah. fully agree. All of a sudden, they didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing. Like, who said, I'm going to say that all the time, who said that you're supposed to have this elaborate wedding and it's all about pleasing all of your guests, which by the way, 90% of them, you don't really give a shit about, right? It's like your parents are forcing you to invite them or whatever. I mean, listen, I didn't do it, but I know. Um, and who said you're supposed to go underwater in 
first of all, when you get married, now you're with somebody every day and there's all these stressors that are going to come your way to test you guys as a couple. And now you already are going from like a negative position because you have this like debt that you owe so that you could feed all of these people. Like if I said, hey, Kelsey, I want you to throw a party for all of us, your friends, and I want you to spend $100,000 and I want white linens, roses for centerpieces. I need only the best filet mignon. Like you would tell me I was crazy. But that's really what we're telling you. And like society is telling you that is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You're supposed to throw this elaborate, expensive party for all of us. I've always been an elope gal. Actually, I've always said I was never going to get married. And if I did, I would would elope because I think it's silly. And if someone did give me the money, then I would use it to buy a cool house in Hawaii or go on a vacation. I'm like, no, I'm fully on that team. Right. It's I think it's insanity. And when it is for everybody else, it goes by so fast. And you just spent $100,000 on a blink that was about everybody else. Now, not yeah. everyone's spending $100,000. Yes, I understand this. But to you, it's $100,000, right? Whether it's 20 and you don't make more than 40 a year or, you know, it's always like 50% of what you earn for that year is like already just going to a wedding. It's crazy. So... Um, when you talk about marriages, now, well, let's get into that, into a relationship. So she doesn't believe in that. Okay. Um, when they have to write books that men are from Mars and women are from Venus, like let's, I, I think that's like the beginning, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. We are total opposite creatures that are now forcing each other to be with each other. <laughs> yeah. All because we see fairy tales on Disney about the prince and the princess. That's what she talks about in there. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't get to that. Yeah. She talks about how, I mean, in relationships, like we are literally different creatures. Yeah. And I'm like, I was reading it like Maria and I joke about this all the time. Like, yeah. I mean, I joke about this with all my girlfriends. Like, we are so different different so different that's why at thanksgiving years ago i my gay friends were over and i just literally declared i go you guys are the ones that have a right right we as women we want to talk we want to cry we want to be heard we want to have like little cocktail parties we we want to talk about whatever it is forever and you guys like we're just we're different so you guys have it right because you're with each other and you guys like the same things Mm and it's just (laughs) They all got such a kick out of it. Um, and and my parents, too, they kind of cocked their heads. They're like, maybe you're right. Um, but it is really, really hard. Now, it's funny. With Dr. Shafali, I felt like I, I didn't get to read the whole book. It's just too, it's so much that it's hard for me because sometimes I go through these, like, and I, I can't separate the me from the, like, the interviewer, let's say. So that's when I can't get through the whole book. Because I am so deep in me right. in terms of like the lessons I'm learning in there. Because now I'm like, mm. I have to stop every two seconds. But but she even talks about that at the beginning. She like she gave a little disclaimer that was kind of like, take this slow. I'm going to like... She's throwing truth bombs, people. Yeah. I'm going to like trudge up some stuff that's not going to feel great. And you're going to have to take time and sit with it. So it's like it isn't a book to read in mm-hmm. a night. You no. Know? No, but... I do feel um, a really strong connection to her because I feel like I've arrived at a lot of the places, a lot of the things that she's saying I've been saying since I had my surgery. 
Um, and so even to hear the confirmation of just that last thing, you know, where I'm like, we're totally different creatures. How could we think that this is like for everybody, right? And then we put all of these kind of pressures on what a happy couple is supposed to be and what it's supposed to be like. And, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not like that. And it's really, really friggin' hard. And um, I'll tell you, Kevin and I laugh sometimes, and we've talked about this on the show, like we're like better apart. <laughs> I'm getting so much more done in a day, like without him here, because when he's here, I just want to like cuddle and watch TV or like totally be lazy with him. But um, but it, it is a lot. It's hard and it's not for everybody. Some people are just free spirits that want to experience lots of things and lots of people. And God forbid you're a woman and you want to experience a lot of people. Oof. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, um, I think it's such a great book to read, to really kind of wake us up to, um, to share some truth bombs, like she said, and help us realize that who said, Mm -hmm. who said that you're not supposed to have blue hair? Who said that you're supposed to um, be a certain way? Who said? Mm -hmm. Well, for us, all of us, it was our parents, right? Yeah. Um, No, you can't do that. You can't Parents or society or both. No, I'm saying it starts with the parents. Yeah. And then we grow to, because once we like rebel against them, because most people kind of do, then, you know, you get into society and society says, you know. You can't. You can't look that way. You can't post you can't that act picture. That way. It's gonna yeah. look perfect. Your hair can't be that short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. It's it's a lot, and I just I love it. I love the idea that um, we need people to kind of uh, help challenge us. Like I I think I'm going to do the desensitizing project for sure. I'm gonna really really start to try to work on being okay with people not liking me me too and me not always having to put on the show to make everybody feel good or also having to dim my light to make everybody feel comfortable yep um mel robbins put me in my place i think a few people put me in my place by now um and it's stuff that i'm working on it's just i haven't mastered it yet right right When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, dot com promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful Pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Um, I'm going to do the same. I'm also taking a moratorium as she said, (laughs) which I actually feel like I'm already kind of doing so with like, while I'm healing my stomach because I had uh, this doctor tell, she was like, great, you can keep doing everything you're doing. But if you don't actually chill out and take care of yourself, all the pills and supplements aren't going to work. So I like that idea of, you know, like I'm just taking a moratorium for myself. I don't need to be everyone's everything at this moment in time. No. I need to take care of me. Yeah. And if you guys, all you, all my friends, like if you guys just want to drink and you're not chill with me not being able to, then it is what it is. And that's not the case. But with some people, it might be. I haven't run into that yet. But if it is like, sorry, I'm taking a moratorium. Yeah. And but see, you already feel the guilt. Ever. That's why they haven't even mm. said anything to you, it not sounds like. but really. I, I actually really don't. I don't feel the guilt. I guess I'm just prefacing that because I'm saying that that actually hasn't happened. I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus who it hasn't happened. That, But you are already thinking that mm, is I'm, what my point right, is. Right. There is a guilt under there 
that you're already anticipating. Yes. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, me wanting to please, mm-hmm. right? It's me wanting to, it's, it's also a habit. It's also a way of life. It's like I've lived that way. Like, oh, okay, let's go out. Let's do something on the weekends. Uh, now that's going to have to change because I can't do that. That I'm like, what do I do? I can't just sit with myself. I don't know how to do that. So it's all of these, anyways, mm-hmm. all these things that are bubbling up during my moratorium. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's a big one for us extroverts is sitting with ourselves. And I never used to be good at it either. Oh, it's so hard. And then I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my How? God. I just started doing it. I started like feeling and being like, oh, this feels awesome. I don't have to always be on. I can actually just, I would go to Soho House and just sit by myself and write and work And just, it felt so good where, I mean, first of all, you can go do that stuff. I have an added layer of being known. So there's like the protection barrier of somebody is always nice. Um, And I just had lots of scary experiences in life. So I just don't like to be alone. Um, But I felt safe there. So I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, And started feeling so good, even on weekends. If I know I can stay home and just be, right? Not shower, stay in my pajamas, like watch TV, play with the dogs. Like it's heaven to me. Yeah. But before it was like, what are we doing this weekend? And just the, the FOMO and the this and the that. And so your moratorium as you're doing that, you're going to see that when you're not in those kind of um, heightened states, you're going to make better choices all around for your inner good, whether it's your health physically or emotionally or mentally. Um, it's such a better place to live. And then like, I know I'll, I'll dip my toe if I'm like, you know what? I slept late. I really feel like I need to get out. Okay. I need to be social. Great. I'll be social for like three hours. Come back, go back to my, my stillness. And now I'm even like watching less TV. I really am just enjoying going into my bed, doing my grateful list, doing my prayers, doing some yoga nidra and going to bed early and saying, yeah, I don't need to stay up and like be tired in the morning or influence my dreams by whatever I'm watching. When I go to bed, to my bedroom, it's just going to be about my practice and sleep. And that's it. And it's really, really feeling good. I'm starting to see the accumulation factor in a good way. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's tough. Make good choices. (laughs) Like, it's tough. Make good choices. Make good choices. That's why I never, I was always grateful my parents never let me have a TV in my room because I didn't grow up. Like, I, when I went to my bedroom, it was my bedroom. There was nothing else allowed. So I'm like very grateful for that because I don't have that habit. Like I, I now, when I go to my bedroom at home, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I do my whatever it is, but it's not really anything on my phone or TV or this or that. But yeah, I still struggle with being alone and being not necessarily being alone. It's just like not having anything to do, not just filling space. But that's the problem. So that's, yeah. that's why you need to be alone. Yeah. Because you need to figure out why you don't like being alone. Yeah what is inside that you're afraid to deal with and face, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's why you hate Sundays. That's why mm-hmm. you, like, all of that is because there's stuff in there totally. that you have 
pushed so deep under the bed. You locked it up in some box. <laughs> yep. And you're like, I don't want to fucking feel that. But <laughs> by the real. way, that's normal. That's yeah. everybody. And and especially at your age, mm-hmm. right? So, but I like, I think about the fact that when Kevin's here, I have a whole other influence. He loves watching TV in bed. He loves eating in bed. He loves working in bed. <laughs> And we're very opposite. I really wanted to be like a sacred shrine. Yeah. And he wants to like knock the lid off that trash can and not have it be a sacred shrine. And so it's going to be a challenge when he comes back. Mm. Right. Because I'm just enjoying my peace. Right. And that's going to interrupt my peace. Mm-hmm. Back to relationships. Not easy. It is such an easier life when you don't have to compromise so all true. the time. So true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one. <laughs> he loves his cereal in bed. Oh my god! I don't know crazy. how he does it. It makes me crazy because then I want some, and then I have to eat some. So we have our rhythm. He gets in bed with the cereal, and I look at him, and he gives me the bowl, and then I'll eat, and I'll eat, and I'll eat, and I don't know. He's so giving and so patient. I would be mad that now I'm going to get the soggy cereal. <laughs> and he's just so good and giving. Then I give it back to him, and then that's it. Hilarious. So, yeah. I think the extreme example of giving is like she says in the book, she's like, I was driving by a bus stop. I saw some person who needed help or whatever. And, or like, I think it was like a homeless person or something. I don't remember I don't this line. Yeah. And she said that um, here, I have it right here. I marked it. So let me get it right, actually. Get it right. Let me get it right. One second. Um, okay. If I passed a bus stop in my car, I fought the urge to stop and offer someone a ride with little thought for my own plans. Or if someone was in financial duress, I wanted to step in and take care of all their woes for them. I finally had to ask myself, did they ask for help? The answer was no. My desire to excessively invade boundaries to help people hardly ever came from the other It was something I made up in my head. This naturally led me to inquire, where is the need to save coming from? I soon came to see how this was a mask for something deeper. My savior had a darker side. Yes, it was loving and kind, but its extreme nature showed me that it was fulfilling an inner longing. I had so much empathy and compassion for the pain of others that I wanted to ease their struggles. On the other hand, I was so uncomfortable with their tears that I was actually trying to save myself from the pain of seeing them suffer. And so I think that it's like what I, I, anything in extremes is the the point, right? Like I don't want to Mm -hmm. discourage you, Pooja, from being, you know, kind and compassionate to somebody because you're like, I'm going to just think about myself, right? Because we have enough of that too. Mm -hmm. But it's the extremes. It's giving when you have nothing. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean financially, because there's some really cool examples of people who have done really unbelievable things. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, it's when your tank is empty and you're dying, and then you feel like you have to be the martyr to help everybody else. It's people that, you know, are really ill and still can't say no and still can't hold any boundaries. And this is going to make them more ill. It's like, it's the extreme nature of it. Right. Yeah. And, and by the way, when you start to see that, then it's a signal to say, well, why am I like this? And then go back in and do the deeper work. So it doesn't mean that we have to be extreme the other way now and be like, you all are on your own, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's like what I talked about with Esther Hicks a while ago. It's like when you're an, like we're individuals for a reason, 
we're not supposed to look externally for, you know, um, approval, validation. gratification, validation, or for someone to rescue us or save us or any of that. Like, that's why we're individual. We're supposed to look within. It doesn't mean, though, that we don't need a helping hand. It doesn't mean that we don't need a friend to listen or advice or <clears throat> anything like that. It's about building a strong foundation or rebuilding your foundation and finding your authentic voice in everything and living as authentically as you can and and knowing that any extreme is not good. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where you have to interpret things carefully, right? It's not, we don't want the me, me, me culture <clears throat> either, but we don't want to die as martyrs. Like we don't want to die for the cause of like what being a woman today is, is supposed to look like. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. <clears throat> she talks a lot about, you know, like being addicted to being needed. Right. And like the codependency mm -hmm. we all have and carry. And I think that, oof, it's just so ingrained in us. Like mm -hmm. it's so ingrained in us. It's going to take some like serious deprogramming. Yeah. To, but that's what we do here every single day. That's right. Right. We're like, awakening ooh. people every single day with the show Yeah, to look a little deeper, to, to acknowledge that's even happening. Look under that bed yeah. and see what's going on. Look under the hood. The hood, yeah. And and at least start seeing that there's another perspective, that there's maybe another way, that there's some things that need to be, you know, worked on and and then go from there. Because as she said, there are gonna be many awakenings for all of us if we're kind of doing it, right? If we're following those breadcrumbs to that awakening. Um, or if we're like, <clears throat> it's easier to go backwards and go to the old way. It is easier to follow the norm. It's easier to be the sheep. Right? I'm sure there's Definitely. like a zillion parables that I can't recite right now <laughs> that talk about follow that. Follow the herd, yeah. But she also, um, I think it was in her Mind Valley speech, was kind of going into Dr. Rao territory, where it was like, good thing, we bad love. thing, who knows, Right. Like, we don't really know what's good and bad technically. Like, like the bad ends up giving us good. Like she said, through pain comes purpose, comes awakening. So even the bad things in our lives can be viewed as good. Right. So can't the good things that we think be viewed as bad too? Yeah. Right? So yeah. if you are that perfect mom or that perfect wife or the perfect girlfriend or whatever, and and you're in martyrdom and you're like, you know, I will continue to hold it together even though I'm dying inside just so that everybody can think I'm amazing. That's not good. Even though it looks good, right? it's not good. But then it's like, uh, looks good to who? <clears throat> like, it's just, it's just all so crazy when you really start to like pull away these layers like she's talking about. I'm like, who are we trying to impress? Who is that looking good to? Who gives a shit? <clears throat> like, oh my gosh, <clears throat> it's Wild. One, one thing that I wanted you to elaborate on, Maria, I wrote down when you guys were talking at the end um, about sitting in it, letting your con consciousness decide when you're ready, you'll just go. You remember that whole? Mm -hmm. I want you to elaborate on that a little bit more. Um, in just what like, way? I like I understood it, but I guess just like I wanted your perspective on it. I know that like 
you guys were talking about like listening to our inner knowing mm-hmm. and that if you're going to, you know, do something really like kind of dive in. But yeah. I don't know why I didn't like fully grasp it. I think it's like, okay, so if you're in a marriage and you're asking like, is this, is this good for me? Is this bad for me? Like, you know, having second thoughts or something like that. She was basically saying the fact that you're still questioning means you don't really know yet. So don't go and blow things up until you know. And the only way you're going to know is if you're doing the work to kind of probably find yourself and figure out like what is working, what isn't working, right? I do resort to lists in life too, where she was like, some people will make a list. I think lists can be helpful. Um, But, you know, really kind of doing the work to ask those kind of bigger questions of yourself. And I always say, ask better questions, get better answers. Like, you know, so many people have said before. Um, And so there will come a point where it's like screaming loud, 1000% clear. Like even, you know, that moment I had with my mom where I was like in Connecticut and I'm knee deep in caretaking. And I'm like, did I just throw my whole life away? And the screaming voice came. It was very clear. Nope. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Thanks. Like it was so loud and it was not me. It just came in. And so, um, there is that inner knowing and there is that inner dialogue. Like, I think you can usually decipher like, oh, I'm kind of, um, it's not right yet. Um, you know, when you cannot take a job anymore, you know, when you're like, I am done. I can't, I mean, I've had those moments where I'm like, I would rather go back to Dunkin' Donuts. That's how over it and sick and dead I am. Like I can't, it's that. That is the inner knowing. When you're questioning and you're hemming and you're hawing and you're not sureing, you're not there yet. And that's what she was saying. Yeah. You will know. It's like, I knew when I met Kevin, I was like, I know this is my person. And I'm trying to think of another example. Something almost popped in my head and then I lost mm-hmm. it. Um, I knew I was dying to be me after surgery or like before surgery. I was like, I am, I couldn't even stand up at work anymore. I was like, I just, I had nothing left. Yeah. And I was in so much pain and I was ignoring my pain for so long because I just thought I was crazy. Um, and I was dying to be me, but I didn't even know who me was anymore. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause there's all these new identities you take on and there's, you know, and for me, to play in all the worlds I had to play in, I had to be a different version of myself, right? When I was at Nightly News, I had to be a more serious Maria. When I was at Access Hollywood, I had to be fun Maria. When I was at the Today Show, I had to be conservative the fun Maria, but like acceptable for mornings Maria. And then, you know, when I'm acting, I'm a whole other person. Forget that. And, you know, um, when I'm with my parents, I'm like, you know, a whole other person. It's like, you're playing a lot of roles. It's exhausting. Yeah. So I think, That's the only way I can describe the inner knowing. It's like you just know. Mm -hmm. There's no question. No, I think it's important though. That's why I wanted you to Mm -hmm. elaborate on it. Because like you guys talking about to don't just go blow it up. And Jonathan Fields also was talking about that Mm -hmm. on our episode with him where he was, he made that whole life and career change. He's like, I'm not telling you guys just to go blow your stuff up though. Like that's not what I'm saying. And that's what you guys were saying too. And I think that that's, really important and yeah. you have you have to know so i wanted to know how 
how to know. Yeah. Yep. That's how you know. That's how you know. Um, let me see. Oh, I loved this. Once we see what the true needs of the neglected child are, we can go on a quest to meet them. Kevin's done a little bit of this work, I feel like, because that sounded really familiar to me. Um, you know, for me, my child needed to feel safe. I never felt safe in my own home. And I've carried all of those security fears into my adulthood. No question why I'm the neighborhood watch queen. No question why, you know, I am like reminding you all to get your stun gun flashlights and to carry your mace bracelets and why I'm always thinking like, don't be walking alone in, you know, in the streets of LA, Kelsey, like there are bad people out there and you're like Miss Sunshine walking through and I'm like, oh my God, she has no fucking clue. <laughs> right? Like I'm the one yeah. who's oh, like yeah. screaming from the rooftops mm -hmm. and security was also financially, right? So I watched us not have that as a child and never have enough and be terrified about like all of that. So what what else am I preaching? I'm telling my friends, guys, you better be saving your money. You better be investing it well. There are things that are going to happen. Life is going to hit and you got to be prepared and you don't want to be caught with your pants down and da 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 Like I sent my best friend a message this morning, just a friendly reminder that you're getting older and you want to save your money because you don't want to work this hard forever and you have a lot of money coming in right now and it's not always going to be like that maybe. And... The, so the the security thing is in multiple ways, right? So. How are you able to, because I feel like a lot of us don't always know what that thing is or that inner child, like, like what was it that you were like, oh shit, like my, one of my things is security. Now let me work on that and yeah. let me understand that. So Peter Crone, who was on the show a while ago, was the first one to kind of encapsulate it for me. So I had a questionnaire I had to fill out before I worked with him. And uh, it was after an episode we had done. I'm like, I need to I need to know this guy a little bit more. And he was like, your things are all about security. Like he had an accent and I'm not doing it right, but. Uh, That's pretty good. And so he's like, you don't feel secure. And I'm like, yeah. And so what does somebody who doesn't feel secure do? First of all, they live in terror. And then on top of it, like I did live in fight or flight. My dad's going to live. Is he going to die today? Like it was like that. There's a lot of fucking deep shit. Um, and so he was the first one to kind of put it into words for me. And then it started to make a lot of sense. And then I think honestly, just recently in the last year working with Brian, really understanding and going deeper into all of it um, of just how much it impacted me. And, and, and I'm working on all of that because now I see how much it runs my ride, whether it's being terrified wherever I am. Um, it's terrified of the people around me dying. Um, it's the extremes I'll go to, to keep everybody alive around me because I'm so afraid of losing them. Um, and, um, and yeah, the security financially, it's like always, always, always have been terrified. No matter how much I've made, um, always terrified about money because that's how I grew up. And you're never, it's never going to be enough. So then what do you do when you never have enough? You keep postponing your own happiness in a sense, right? I'm like, oh, you know, can't, can't afford that right now. So what am I going to afford it when I'm dead? 
So, so it's okay for me to die with money in the bank or money in my properties and equity and stuff. Like what, when is it going to be okay to spend? When is it going to be okay to enjoy it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was recent, mm-hmm. by the way. That's great though. Where I was like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm postponing another trip. <laughs> right. Right. For, like, for what? For what? For what? What are we waiting for? Uh-huh. Are we waiting to like not be able to go because now there's some other crisis? Yeah. And now we have another excuse as to why we can't go enjoy ourselves? Nope, not going to happen. No, that's such an interesting debate. I've always thought that with the, um, you know, it's like, and I've, I said this to Kevin because I know he's very much about like work, like hard now, play later. And I'm like, what if I'm dead later? Like, yeah, but you guys are so young. It's different for you guys. Okay. I think, yeah, I think, no, but no, I, agree, I think that there are some people degree. who are different, who are like, I'm, this is my life. I'm going to travel the world. Right. Kind of people mm-hmm. where they're like, that's their thing. Yeah. But I do think that when you're younger, again, my thought is you work hard, you make some good choices, like save some money and and build your you know your reputation build your kind of body of work whatever so that later it is easier right um and that later is hopefully what i'm upon right now in a sense but um but you know i'm having to check myself now and be like okay no now we're really we're crossing the line here that's great though that you were able to come to that yeah now i mean that's huge mm-hmm. thank you better together exactly I, t- I say all the time, this show saves my life on a daily basis, changes my life, transforms Same. my life and saves my life. That's me. Same. Yeah. So, I mean, we are opened up to new, th- I mean, daily, daily yeah. are talking about, I mean, like Dr. Shafala, she's, she's like, wait, which awakening? Yeah. Which one? Oh, and I'm going to have at least a couple more, Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's all of us, mm-hmm. but how cool. Agreed. I always think it's important for all of you guys to see that even the experts are still working on their stuff. It's not like there's no magic pill where we're going to take and all of a sudden we're going to be better and perfect. It's an ongoing process. And like she said, we're kind of, and I talk about this all the time, we're building new muscles. So we have to be patient with ourselves. Telling you, I'm high-fiving myself. I'm telling myself I'm loving myself and I'm having such a better experience in life. Because I am reconnecting in that way to the human inside of me and giving myself permission to not be perfect and to forgive myself. And it's been really, really cool. So, you know, no one's got it down. Everyone has flaws. Everyone's working on stuff. And it's an ever-evolving journey. Mm -hmm. Amen. there you go. Mic drop. Mic drop. So Actually, Winnie's perfect, so... Well, not when she farts. What? Good point. Honestly, that's a great point. <laughs> Her farts are creations. Oh, they're so Kevin smelly. actually in a movie once. Is she farting right now? No, thank um, God. Um, Kevin in a movie once had a line about how farting is the closest that we are to God because we're creating something. <laughs> Kevin. Oh my gosh. That was everything because I, (laughs) as we all talk about, I'm really like an 11 year old boy inside of my body. I love farts. I cannot. I love, (laughs) I love talking about farts. (laughs) Where it was like, I love you. I think I love you. Yeah, that's it. He's my guy. Um, Okay, guys. Well, listen, um, thank you for joining us as always. If you're new to the show, this is what we do all the time. Um, We go deep. 
and, uh, and we try to get better. So I hope you guys will join us in that journey. Click subscribe on YouTube, turn on those notifications, join us. We see a lot of you kind of dip in, but haven't yet subscribed. So don't be afraid. We're nice people. Don't be scared. We're also bad people, but that's okay. Because <laughs> Dr. Shafali said, we're everything. Yeah. Deepak Chopra said, we're everything. True that. Right? And so, anyhow, um, and uh, thank you to everybody who is flooding us with Apple Podcast reviews. Please keep them coming. We are trying to get to 2K by the end of the year. With your help, we will get there. Um, and it really just helps us um, let people know that the show is a good place to be. So um, the with, best place to be with that be nice people make good choices and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends, and if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you, and find Finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heal squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.